Amen. Good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see everybody. Uh, Everybody that I usually don't see their faces, welcome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to have you here. If uh, anybody that um, I haven't seen your faces, you see me after church and we'll recruit you. (laughs) We'll just sign you right on up and get you part of here. Amen. Uh, Brother Edward, amen, I believe. Yeah, you can see me after church and I'll do some proselyting. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. But it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I have felt the Spirit of God in this place this morning. And how can you not, whenever we sing praises about a risen Savior, not a dead Savior, amen, not somebody that stayed dead, but He is alive. Amen. Praise the Lord. And He's still alive. Amen. And he's seated on the throne this morning. I'm so thankful for the resurrection. Without the resurrection, amen, we we, we wouldn't be here without the resurrection. But because we have the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that is the establishment of the gospel. Amen. Praise the Lord. What is the gospel? It is the good news of that baby being born in a virgin, living a sinless, spotless life, dying on a cross. Amen. Being dead for three days, but he rose again on the third day, is ascended into heaven, right? Praise the Lord. And is coming back, amen, to get us. He is alive. Praise the Lord. Turn to the book of John this morning. We're going to start in chapter 18. The title of my message this morning is the red letters of the resurrection. Praise the Lord. The red letters of the resurrection. You know, whenever we read the stories, and I sat down and I read the Easter story, the cross, and leading up to it in all four Gospels, and we know what happened, right? We know what happened. But I think this morning that it's important not just to know what happened, but to know what was said by the one that matters. Amen. Praise the Lord, which is Jesus. We know what Pilate said. I want you to think for a minute without looking at your Bibles. Can you remember any red letters that Jesus said during this time? That, that's the most important thing is what's, what's Jesus thinking? What's going on in Jesus' mind? As he's being led to a cross, amen, what's going on? We're going to go through the red letters of the resurrection this morning. Before we do, amen, let's take just a moment, amen, and, and pray and ask the Lord to bless this service. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful this morning and so blessed, God, that I serve a risen Savior. God, that we have a God that's not dead that is alive, who is a very ever-present help in the time of need. Oh God, this morning I don't know the needs that have come into Hurricane Baptist Church this morning, but I know, Heavenly Father, that you know every need, 
God, you know the needs of the things that we haven't gone through yet. God, you know our ending from our beginning because you are the Alpha and the Omega. God, you are our beginning and the ending. God, you are the author and the finisher of our faith this morning. God, and we ask that your God living power and that this living word would specifically, God, and intentionally touch the hearts of every single person, God, that has visited this place this morning. God, there is no way, God, that we can do anything by our own might or our own power. But it is by thy spirit, God, this morning. And it is through that spirit that I ask that this word be delivered, God, and let it touch every heart. And let us leave out of here differently than the way that we came. We ask these things in the blessed holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're going to begin this morning, John chapter 18. Amen. In case I want to run around. Amen. Praise the Lord. John chapter number 18. We're going to start reading with verse 20. Amen. And I I went ahead and prayed because I'm going to be going through these scriptures and we're going to be talking about them as I'm reading them. The Bible says in verse uh, 19, we'll start 19 uh, of chapter 18. The Bible says that the high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples, and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. Well, glory. Amen. I I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me. Have I said unto them, Behold, they know what I said. What I have said unto them, Behold, they know what I said. Amen. So here's the first group of scriptures that's coming directly from Jesus this morning. And the high priest is asking Jesus about his doctrine. He wants to try to find fault in our Savior that would cause him to be led to a cross and be crucified. They're trying to bury him. Amen. They're trying to kill Jesus. And they want to know about his doctrine because they believe that if they can get Jesus to start talking about his doctrine, they've got him. But listen to what Jesus said. He says, I spake openly to the world. Whenever I read this, it touched my heart. I want everybody under the sound of my voice to understand this morning, God's not hiding the gospel from you. God's not hiding His love from you. He's not hiding His word from you. We have it all right here. From beginning to ending, Brother Kip, we've got from Genesis to Revelation. He's not here this morning to try to trick you. To, to, to try to manipulate you. Amen. Praise the Lord. What do we always do on Easter, right? We always give an altar call, right? We always expecting somebody to get saved. I'm expecting somebody to get saved this morning. But that's not a manipulation of the Word of God. That is a revelation of the Word of God. This morning, I want you to know that God is not hiding anything from us. But He has evermore taught openly. That's what he said. He said, I have openly taught. 
I haven't hidden anything from you. If you want to know what I said, just ask somebody. <laughs> Amen. What would have happened if, Jesus, if they would have asked the people there? I wonder if Lazarus was in the room. Amen. I want, they didn't want to ask anybody. Amen. I wonder if Mary Magdalene was in the room. I, want, I wonder, amen, if blind Bartimaeus was in the, in the room. I wonder who was in the room. Amen. Jesus asked them, you know what, if somebody, amen, this morning's got any questions about the gospel, you can ask me about it. Because he hadn't hidden anything from me. He's revealed to me his word and his love and his grace and his mercy and his power and his anointing and amen and his deliverance. Whenever I didn't deserve any of this, he revealed it to me and gave it to me freely. So if you've got any questions this morning about the Son of God, you just ask me. Amen. Praise the Lord. And if you don't want to ask me, why don't you ask some of these other ones in the room? Amen. Because we could all stand up and testify this morning of the goodness of God. There are people under the sound of my voice that I have said this statement. There's not a doubt. I know they're saved. Because I know what they used to be. Come on, I know what I used to be, but I know what God made me. Now, am I perfect? Absolutely not. Amen, but I'm covered. Amen. I'm not perfect, but I'm covered by His blood and by His grace. And here Jesus, amen, praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus answered, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort. And in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I have said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by stroked Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Amen. Praise the Lord. We know what happened. But what was Jesus' response? Listen to what Jesus said in verse 23. Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Praise the Lord. God's got a question for you this morning. You answer this. I want you to answer this in your mind. Has God ever done you wrong? Has God ever said anything that was bad? Has God ever done anything? <laughs> we serve a good God. You hear me? God has never, ever done anything evil. He says, I haven't said anything, anything evil. God has never said anything bad. Now, he might say some things in this word that we don't like. But he never says anything that is evil and that's bad. And Jesus answers, if I've spoken evil, then tell me about it. God wants to know this morning what, and, and, and you can look this up in Jeremiah. One of the, uh, within the first five chapters of Jeremiah, 
uh, God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah and he asked Israel through Jeremiah, what have I done? God asked Israel, what have I done that you would treat me this way? Amen. Now I know, praise the Lord, that it's Easter Sunday morning, but you know, as we move forward with this day, I want us to be asking ourselves this question. What has God done to me that would keep me from being in his house next week? Come on now. What has God done to me that's so bad that I won't talk to him? That I won't read his word? Because he has never said anything wrong. God is always right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Those that work in public relations, what do they tell you? The customer's always right. And they're not. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. They're not always. They think they're always right. Amen. You got to let them believe they're always right. Amen. But God is never wrong. He has never told one lie. He has never said anything that is bad. Everything in this book from Genesis to Revelation is for our good. Amen. It is for our good because God loves us. Amen. And all do you realize this morning that this entire book is for you? Everything that happened in this book. You know the older generations are gone. Moses is gone. Right? Peter's gone, Paul's gone. They're gone. But everything that happened to them, everything that they went through is for you this morning. Every word that was said in this book is for us this morning. It is for us to look at and to read. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And if you don't believe that we're living in the last days, amen, praise the Lord. It is getting close to time. Praise the Lord. Let's skip on down to verse 33 of chapter 18. The Bible says, chapter 18, verse 33, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, saying, Sayest thou this of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? What Jesus was asking Pilate was, what's the motive behind your questions? Did somebody else tell you this, or did you come up with it on your own? Now this morning I know that there are things and questions in our heart and our life. And this morning you might be questioning all the things that's just running through your mind. Because I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with people this morning. Whenever the Spirit of the Lord deals with you, you begin to think about things, doesn't he? Amen. You begin to think about things and roll things over in your mind. And, and here Pilate is. Pilate is trying to figure out the truth. Do I have any truth seekers this morning? Pilate is just trying to figure out what's going on. And Jesus said, listen, are you going by what others have told you? 
Or did you come up with this question on your own? And look at what he said. Pilate answers, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? And Jesus, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. You see, Pilate is trying to figure out if this man's a threat to his earthly kingdom. And Jesus was not a threat to his earthly kingdom because Jesus answered and said, my kingdom is not of this world. You're asking me if I'm a king or not, but my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus knows that he is about to establish the kingdom of heaven. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I unto the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Now what did I just say? Pilate is looking for the truth. He's just trying to figure out what the truth is. And then Jesus looks at him and says, My kingdom's not of this world. My kingdom is from another place. Amen. And then Pilate says, Well, are you a king then? Amen. Praise the Lord. And what Jesus answers and says, He says, Listen, those that want to know the truth and hear me, they will find the truth. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, amen, is the resurrection. Praise the Lord. Whenever he walked up to Lazarus' tomb and they said, Lord, if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't be dead. And then Jesus said, Amen. He will live again. And Martha looked at him and said, I know he's going to live in the resurrection. And Jesus looked at her and says, I am the resurrection. And here in this world, word, he says that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my Voice. This morning, out of all the voices that you're going to hear today, there is one voice that is true, and it is the voice of God. So whenever He calls out to you this morning, as He speaks to our hearts this morning, just know that that is the voice of truth. Even whenever you don't understand everything about that truth, He's the truth. Praise the Lord. He is the truth. Chapter 19, verse 10. The Bible says, Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? What was Jesus' answer? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me into thee hath the greater sin. Pilate, now Pilate's important. Pilate 
is the governor of Rome. And he looked at Jesus and, and Jesus wouldn't answer him anymore. And he said, are you not going to answer me? Don't you know that I have the power to deliver you to this cross? And I have the power to set you free. Listen to me this morning. I'm going to answer this the same way that Jesus answered it. You have no power this morning. Whatever power that you think you have, it, if you do have power, it was given to you by God. And God can take it away. We have no power this morning. No matter how great that we think that we are. We have, Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given to you. God sets up kings and God takes them down. God this morning has the power. And I know too many people this morning, amen, that will not surrender their life to God because they are under the illusion that they have power. I can control myself and what goes on in my life. But friend, I'm here to tell you this morning that there is coming a day, and that day is soon, that every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There will no longer be any atheists, for they will bow down to the, amen, their knee to the Savior. And they will confess with their mouth that He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. All the people, all the naysayers, all the ones, amen, praise the, amen, there one day, we will all bow down. But you know what? This morning, you don't have to wait until judgment to bow down. You can bow down right now and confess. Amen. I've already done it. Amen. On that day, they're not going to have to force me to bow down and say, You are Lord. Amen. Because I've already done it. Amen. I've already confessed with my mouth. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead and He is Lord. Amen. He is Lord this morning. He might not be Lord over your life, but He's Lord over my life this morning. And whenever I stand before Him, Amen, He's not going to have to question me because I'm going to say, Okay, God, you've been my God all this time. Amen. You've been with me. How could he not? Out of all the things that we've been through in my life, our life, amen, our family, amen. How could I not say that he's been with me? He's brought me through the fire more times than I can count. He's my Lord. Amen. I didn't have any power over that fire, but he did. Amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't have power over the fire, but the fourth man walking in the flame did. Amen. Daniel didn't have any power in the lion's den, but that angel of God that was sent did. Amen. Moses didn't have any power over the Red Sea, but God did. Amen. I don't have the power, amen, to make it, but God has given me that power through His blood. 
and through amen, through his love toward me. And he's looking at Pilate and he's saying, look, you don't even believe what I'm telling you and whatever power you think you have, you would not have that power unless it was given to you. Jesus is taking himself to the cross. Pilate didn't send him to the cross. The crowd didn't send him to the cross. Jesus is taking himself to the cross. That is all that there is to it. And whenever you read this and you you read everything that's going on, you understand that all of this, Jesus has complete 100% control over. Jesus knew when not to answer. Jesus has orchestrated every single bit of this. So between verse 11 and verse 26, Jesus is crucified. And Pilate wrote on the cross, it says, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then you get down to verse 20, uh, let's start at verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. That is a significant scripture. Why is it so significant? And I've often said this and you probably heard it preached this way. Whenever Jesus died on the cross, it just wasn't any other crucifixion. On both sides of Jesus, there were two thieves. But neither one of those thieves had fed 5,000. Neither one of those people on the cross had walked on water. Neither one of those people had delivered the man that was possessed of devils that hid in the tombs, that was possessed by legion. None of those people had seven devils in her that Jesus cast out. Neither one of those thieves had done anything other than deserve to be on that cross. But the one in the middle was hanging on that tree, but he meant more. I know those thieves had a mama. Those thieves' mama might have been there. There weren't a lot of people mourning the death of those thieves. You hear me this morning? There weren't a whole lot of people, maybe a couple of friends and family mourning the death of those thieves, but... But somewhere in Jerusalem, Lazarus is weeping. Jesus' mother, who she knows who the man is on the cross, is weeping. Mary Magdalene, who God cast out seven demons, there goes her deliverance. Her deliverance is dying on a cross. Lazarus' life is dying on a cross. Bartimaeus' sight is dying on a cross. You hear me this morning? 5,000 full bellies is being emptied on the cross. 
all the miracles that Jesus, and the Bible said, John said at the end of John, he said, there are so many things that Jesus did, books could not contain the amount. The people all over Jerusalem is weeping because their salvation, their Messiah, their hope, their deliverance, their everything. John is sitting here. John is at the foot of his cross hugging his mother, trying to comfort her. And here is the man that he spent two and a half years dedicated to, thought that this man was going to bring Jerusalem into the kingdom of God. And he's dying on the cross. The death of Jesus meant more than we could ever imagine to these people. All of their hope was in this man. And whenever all their hope is in Jesus, and now all of a sudden you see him with a crown of thorns, mutilated body, nailed to a cross, and you know he's about to die. There goes my hope. There goes my salvation. Peter's mother-in-law somewhere, he healed me of fever. My healing is dying. My salvation is dying. My, hope, my everything is dying on a cross. And listen to what Jesus, <clears throat> verse 26, he says, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. And he said to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his home. Jesus, in his dying agony on the cross, was worried about his mama. He wasn't even worried about himself. He is worried about his mom. That would be a good Mother's Day message, wouldn't it? He literally has nails in his hands and in his feet. A mutilated body hanging on a cross. Crown of thorns in his head. He's about to die, but he's worried about somebody else other than himself. He's worried about his mama and his disciple that he loved. Y'all, I feel like John. <laughs> I love John. I feel like John all the time. Y'all, Jesus loves me. <laughs> you know, those other disciples, whenever the gospels was being written, I don't know what they were thinking, but John was like, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. Amen. He might not love you, but I know he loves me. Amen. I love John because whenever Jesus, amen, came back from the dead, amen, we're going to get to the resurrection in just a minute, y'all. Y'all hold on with me. But whenever Jesus came back alive and he was about to sin, you know where John was? Laying in his bosom. John's laying on the chest of Jesus. That, <laughs> I'm the one that he loves. Let me tell you something this morning. Jesus loves you. Whenever he was dying on that cross, you listen to me, he wasn't just worried about Mary and John. 
He saw every person at this moment in Jesus' life. You hear me? He is literally looking through time and he is bearing the sin of every human being that has ever lived, that was alive that day, and who would ever live. Do you know what that means? That means that if the Lord tarries, my great, 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 great grandchildren has just as much love from God as I do. And he has already paid the price for them to be saved. Jesus is not worried about himself this morning dying on the cross. But he is worried about everybody else. And he looks, amen. He's worried about me. Because he knows that on September 13th, 1989, in Waynesboro, Mississippi, at Wayne General Hospital, there'd be a little baby born. Nothing significant about him, but Jesus died for me. On September 3rd, 2014, <laughs> amen, I became a father to my firstborn son. I can't even keep up with the hospital. It was Rusher Anderson. <laughs> I was there, I promise. I was there, I was there. And whenever that baby was born and came out of his mama's belly, God loved him. With an unfathomable love that cannot be explained or comprehended. He loved him more than I could ever imagine. And let me tell you, Noah is daddy's baby. I love my children with all of my heart. But as much as I love my children, it does not even compare, not a drop in the bucket compared to how much God loves you this morning. And as we sit here on Easter, on Resurrection Sunday, I want you to know that God's not worried about the sparrow this morning. He's got that. He's not worried about the lilies of the field this morning. God's got that. But He went through all of this for you and for me. <laughs> Verse 28 after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. <laughs> There's an old song that I used to sing back whenever I was probably 12 years old that I would never try to attempt to sing today. But the lyrics of it goes, I thirst. He said, I thirst, yet he made the river. He said, I thirst, yet he made the sea. 
Here is the God of the universe. But the reason that he said this, listen to what the scripture says. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Jesus hanging on the cross said this so that the scriptures, the Old Testament prophecies would be fulfilled. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. That's the last prophecy. The last thing. Um, Josh McDowell, I was listening to him speak one morning. And he, he was given the probabilities that one man could fulfill all of the Old Testament prophecies for the Messiah. And he said, <clears throat> the chance of one man fulfilling all of the Old Testament prophecies, listen to me this morning, it would be compared to all of... Texas, the state of Texas being covered two foot deep in quarters. And if you launched a quarter with a black X on it somewhere into the state of Texas covered two foot deep in quarters, the probability of you going into Texas and picking up the quarter with the X on it is the same probability of one man fulfilling every single messianic prophecy in the Old Testament. And Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. <laughs> in fact, he looks down in agony from a cross and says, I thirst. Jesus made a way for us to know who he is. You know we talk about blind faith. Amen. The fact that Jesus Christ is the son of God is not blind faith. You hear me. We don't have to. Amen. Whenever the world challenges us. We don't have to look at the world and, and say well I've got faith. Amen. Well we've got faith. We have to have faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. But it's not blind faith. Amen, that He is the Son of God, that He rose from the dead. It is based on something. Amen. There is proof. Amen. In fact, Jesus, amen, God did a good job of narrowing it down. Whenever God gave the first Messianic prophecy in, the, in Genesis, He says, amen, that, 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 uh, that it was going to come from a seed of a woman. Right? God gave the first Messianic prophecy. God was going to come from the seed of a woman. He came, amen, came from Mary. Amen. And from then, amen, every time it got big, God narrowed it down. Noah came. Flood happened. God said he's going to come from Japheth. I ain't going to leave you alone. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you where he's coming from. He's coming from Japheth. Got bigger, got bigger, got bigger. And God said, mm, he's going to come from Abraham. 
Abraham messed up with Ishmael and God said, he ain't coming from Ishmael, he's coming from Isaac. Yeah. Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Amen. God said, my seed's going to be with Jacob. <laughs> Jacob had 12 sons. What God say? Well, he's coming from the line of Judah. God, God gave us a road map he let us know who his son was we don't have to guess Jesus is the son of God when Jesus therefore hath received the vinegar he said it is finished now I'm going to read this and you listen to me very carefully it is finished is one word in Greek I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It declares, it declares, whenever Jesus said this on the cross, it didn't come as a weak statement. He said this in triumph. He wasn't giving up. (laughs) Jesus don't give up. He says, Listen, it declares that the work was done and the results will continue. That's good right there. It is finished, which means the work is done, but the results, they're going to keep going. I've done the work. Y'all, we can see this. You know, sometimes whenever we make statements like that, it's hard to put in a, amen. Whenever a carpenter builds a building, the work is finished. He drives the last nail, puts the last shingle on, hands you the key. The work is finished. But now you get to use the house. Amen. The work's finished. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, it's finished. I've done built my kingdom now. They just drove the last nail. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's finished now. Everything's through with. But that don't mean it's over. That just means that the kingdom has been built and now the results, amen, now the results are coming in. Man, that's good. Amen, the results are coming in. So Jesus dies, gave up the ghost. Chapter 20. Verse 15. I'm going to start reading with 11. But Mary stood without at the scepter weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the scepter. And see two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. 
And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? What are you looking for this morning? The first thing that Jesus says in the book of John is he looks at Mary and he says, Woman, why are you so sad? Why are you crying this morning? What is grieving you this morning? What is hurting you this morning? What are you looking for this morning? She's supposing him to be the gardener, sending him, Sir, if thou have borne him thence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus answered unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Here she is. One of the other gospels says, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Do you know why she couldn't see Jesus? Because she's looking for a lifeless Jesus. She's looking for a dead Jesus. She's looking for the same Jesus that died on the cross. She's looking for a bloody, mutilated man that has no life in him. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Y'all wouldn't go to a cemetery to try to find me, would you? Because I'm alive. And here she is looking for somebody that's alive among the dead. And she looks at him and she doesn't even recognize who he is. And she begins to plead and she says, If you've done something with me, just let me have him. Have him. I'll take him with me. And then Jesus answered. And you know what he did? He called her by her name. And said, Mary. (laughs) I believe that he said it differently than he said everything else. I, got a, I, I try to have a good imagination with the word of God. Yeah. <laughs> Mary. Yeah. Mary. <laughs> Come on now. Mary. Amen. I want you to understand something this morning. Jesus is standing right in front of you. You don't have to go out looking for it. He is here. And he looked at her and says, Mary. And whenever he said Mary, whenever he called her by her name, she immediately recognized 
who he was. And she answered back and said, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Now all of a sudden, she knows. She knows who he is. You don't have to leave out of this church this morning without knowing him. But you can leave this church knowing who he is. You've been seeking out the living among the dead. But Jesus is standing right in front of you. And this morning he is calling out your name. He is calling out your name. And whenever he calls your name, your response should be Rabona, which is to say, Master, Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Amen. Amen. Jesus told Mary, he said, Uh-uh, we ain't got time for you to hug me yet. You go and you get my disciples and you tell them I'm, I'm going to heaven. And they need to come see me because I got some things to tell them before I go. Amen. Praise the Lord. I can just imagine Mary Magdalene whenever she recognized who he was. You would too. Amen. She went straight up to grab a hold of him. Amen. And Jesus said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't touch me yet. Go and get all these people together because I'm going to my father. But listen, he didn't stop there. He said, I'm going to my father and your father. I'm going to my God and your God. Let me tell you something. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus ascended to the Father and He's coming back to get me because He's my Father too. He's coming back to get me because He's my God too. Listen to what He says. Verse 19, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when, they had so said, when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were his disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Jesus looks at his disciples. The first thing that he says to his disciples is, Peace be unto you. I've often said this. I'm going to say it again. Y'all will probably hear me say this a lot, a lot, a lot of times, but it is extremely true. The man that can bottle peace and sell it would be the richest man in the world. If I could put peace in a bottle and sell it, I would be the richest man who ever lived. 
Because everybody's looking for peace. This morning, I'm here with a great, great, great truth. Peace has been bottled up inside of me. Because this resurrected Savior stepped into my life and spoke peace into a troubled soul. Now I can't bottle it up and sell it, but I can spread it. Amen. And I can tell the world that God has brought peace. Listen to what he said at the beginning whenever he was born. Peace on earth and goodwill toward me. This is the completion of that. This is Jesus completing what the angels sung about at his birth. Peace be unto you. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you as my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. I got a mission for you. We're going to get to that in just a minute. I got a lot. What time is it? Amen. We started real early. I got all the way to 12 o'clock today. <laughs> no, I'm going to let us go in a minute. But listen to me. Verse 22. He says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Why did God do this here? And I'm going to explain this the best way that I know how. Jesus breathed onto his disciples and they received the Spirit of God. Why did he do this? It's because before this time, there was no death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus is breathing into them the complete salvation that we receive today. He is breathing into them the Spirit of God. Because before now, it hadn't been finished. The kingdom wasn't complete. But now the kingdom's complete. And he looks at his disciples and he breathes on them. Just like he did to Adam and Eve. He breathed in the breath of love and they received the Spirit of God. And they became a living soul. <laughs> As it is in the physical, so is it in the spiritual. Amen. He breathed upon them and the Spirit of God filled their life. And He said, now you have power. But Thomas, I can't help it, y'all. Just listen to me. Thomas doubted. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall... Mm. Ain't this just like it hadn't changed one bit? <laughs> Amen. Brother Kip, you mind shaking my hand? Let me just tell you what the Lord's done for me, Brother Kip. Let me just explain to you how good God is. We serve a good God. I won't believe it until He does it for me. Don't we do it? 
Well, Brother DJ, I wish I could believe that it's just as good as you say it is, but I've never experienced that for myself. <laughs> well, Brother DJ, I know you get up there and you preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, and I see all these other people feeling the Spirit, but I don't feel it myself. Come on, that don't mean it ain't real. Amen. And that don't mean that you can't have it. Now Thomas is done. He says, unless I see this thing for myself, I've got to see it for myself. You can't explain it to me. I don't believe you. I've got to see it for myself. And guess who shows up? Jesus walks right up to Thomas. And he says, hey Thomas, let me show you something. Let me understand this morning. God knows you doubt. God knows you're doubting this morning. God knows every intention of your heart. And just because you doubt doesn't mean that you're, amen, sending God away. You know what that means? That means God's just going to have to reveal it to you better. And he went down to Thomas and he says, here you go, Thomas. You see that? I don't want you to just see it, though. I want you to touch it. <laughs> if you need proof, Thomas, why don't you look right here at my side? But don't just look at it. Put your hand right there. Because it's real. Can I say that again? It's real. I'm not telling a fairy tale this morning. I'm telling you the absolute 100% unadulterated, not compromised truth. This is the truth. He says, just put your hand in. How many times had God had to come down to me and to you and say, all right, look. Come on. Look, I know you don't believe me, but here, look at this. I know you don't believe me, but look at this. Jesus had to take his shoes off. Look at this. This morning, God's telling you, look at this. It's real this morning. And he says... uh, Verse uh, 26, and after eight days again his disciples were within and Thomas was with them. And then came Jesus, the doors being shut. I love the word of God. And stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. You can't shut Jesus out. You can try to shut him out, but you can't do it. He's going to find you anyway. You know why? Because somebody loves you and somebody's praying for you. You can't shut him out. You can try to shut the door on Jesus, but he's going to come to your midst anyway. I always heard this growing up, that God is a gentleman. He won't impose himself on you. Praise God he imposed himself on me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Sometimes he had to take me kicking and screaming, but he took me anyway. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'm so thankful for a mama and a daddy. That whenever, they would sometimes have to beat Jesus in me, but they got Jesus in me. Amen. Praise the Lord. They, whenever I did mess up and I, didn't, I wanted to shut God, I could never get away from it because I had too many people in my life. Can you imagine? The disciples like, come on, Thomas, don't be that way. You know we'd never lie to you. <laughs> and Jesus, amen. And Thomas is adamant, I'm not. Don't you know somebody like this? Amen. Praise the Lord. And here he says, Peace be unto you. 
Then he said, then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger. <laughs> Give me your finger, Thomas. I'm about to show. And behold my hands, and reach hither the, thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Jesus answered him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that hath not seen, and yet have believed. Amen. I'm going to quote, y'all, I'm not the one, I'm not the author of what I'm about to say, okay? Get upset about it, come from Mark Lowry. Amen. Amen. Mark Lowry, amen, he was talking about, you know, old Vestal Goodman? Y'all know who Vestal Goodman? Y'all, I love me some Vestal Goodman. Amen. Whenever she sings, you could just feel the anointing project from her voice. Just a wonderful, amen, she was Pentecostal. Mark said, I'm Baptist, you know, he said, I'm a proud Baptist. And he said one time, <laughs> he said, Vestal Goodman and Dottie Rambo have breakfast with angels every morning. <laughs> and he said, I have to believe. <laughs> and I just have to have faith. Because I'm Baptist. You know, we don't get miracles. Amen is what he said. Amen. Praise the Lord. But you know what? We've been having some miracles at Hurricane Baptist Church here lately. Amen. God has been moving. Amen. We serve a live God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you something. He's alive. But blessed are they. Amen. That's what he was saying. He said, but I'm more blessed than Vestal because I have to just take it by faith. They saw the angel. I just take it by faith. Let me tell you some. Blessed are they that believe and have not seen. I haven't seen heaven, but I know it's real. I hadn't seen those streets of gold, Brother Edward, but one day we're going to walk on them, ain't we? Amen. Praise the Lord. I hope I'm not embarrassing you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I hadn't seen. Amen. I hadn't seen these things, but one day I am because I have faith. Amen. I've never seen those gates of pearl, but one day, amen, when the home gates swing open for me, amen, praise the Lord, he's going to open the three gates in the north and the three gates in the south and the three gates in the west and the three gates of the east and he's going to send Gabriel and let her blow that, him blow that trumpet, amen, and we're going to rise and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain and why that is is because of the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Amen. One day he, there's coming a resurrection. Amen. Coming and catching away. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I believe that it's going to happen and I haven't seen it and that makes me blessed. I believe that God's going to answer my prayer not because I've seen it but because I believe it and I have faith in, in the God that I pray to. That means I'm blessed. Now I'm going to skip a little bit. Y'all go back and read the parts that I'm skipping. But um, I'm going to leave you with this. Verse 15 of 21. The red letters of the resurrection. We have literally just gone through everything that Jesus said. From the time that he was on trial with Pilate. And now we're about to see his ascension. And in verse 15, he says, So when they had dined, and if you go back, Jesus fed them with fish. <laughs> they couldn't catch nothing. And Jesus is on the shore, and he goes, Do you have any fish? 
And they said, no. He said, I got some cooking. And they come back. They start, God already has what you need. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then verse 15, he says, So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, the denying disciple, he says, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. And he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto you, unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Listen to verse 19. I really want you to see verse 19. Then spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. The same first words. (laughs) The same words that he said the first day that he met Peter. He's saying right before his ascension, Peter, follow me. If you love me, feed my sheep and follow me. And then Peter being who he was, what about John? What about John? This morning, you don't worry about John. God's not talking to John this morning. He's talking to you. Do you love me? I died for you. Do you love me? I took the stripes on my back for your healing. Do you love me? I endured the pain of the cross as nails went in my hands and my feet. Do you love me? Crown of thorns scraped my skull as they hit it upon my head. Do you love me? A cat of nine tails ripped flesh and muscle from my back. Do you love me? What more can God do this morning to prove that He loves you?
He done it all. He done it all. Follow me. Jesus said in him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. He said, If I just want him to stay here until I come back, what is it to you? You follow me. Stand up all over the building. Just like Jesus this morning, I have done my absolute best. And Anne Claire, will you please come to the piano? I've done my absolute best to openly tell you the word of God. Jesus isn't hiding from you this morning. But he has revealed himself through the word and through the spirit of God. He has revealed himself to you this morning and he is calling out your name. Somebody this morning, you feel isolated and you feel alone. You feel like you're all by yourself. You're not. You're not. You feel like all of your hope has died. All of your dreams has died. My peace of mind is gone. That's just what it looks like right now. But just wait three days. Because on that third day, what they thought was dead became alive. On that third day, their hope lived again. On that third day, their peace lived again. On that third day, their deliverance lived again. You know, I just believe with all my heart that Mary Magdalene said, whenever she saw Jesus standing there alive, she said, I don't have to worry about those devils coming back because Jesus is alive. Whenever Peter saw Jesus, Amen. I believe that Peter just, I don't have to worry about what's going to happen next because Jesus is alive. This morning, you don't have to worry about what's coming tomorrow because Jesus is alive.